Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And it is episode 136, and we are back. We took an extra week off last week. We were just had some scheduling, some technical difficulties, some other things going on. Uh, but we are back now uh, on today on a holiday in the U.S. as we're recording this. It is Labor Day here in the U.S. Uh, for Phil in the U.K. It's Monday. It's just another day, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> nighttime, but it's a, it's a balmy evening of warm weather and no mosquitoes. That's nice. That's always nice. Yeah, yeah. Mosquitoes are the devil, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're back, and then hopefully you guys missed us, and uh, we are live. So if you are out there and you're watching live, uh, once we get started, of course, feel free to send your comments our way. You guys know we love to hear from our listeners and our viewers. Um, then if you're watching after the fact, that's fine too. We hope you'll enjoy what we got coming up. We got some good stuff in this episode, Phil. Why don't you tell people what we're talking about in this episode and our next episode if you want, or we can save that for the end, whatever you well, feel. Well, in the main feature, we're going to be going after the ending of um, The Last Dragon, the classic martial arts comedy, and we thought we'd do that because Shang-Chi uh, the, and The Legend of the Ten Rings, the new Marvel movie, is in cinemas, but we didn't want to talk about that because spoilers and things like that. Also, I've not seen it yet, so can't talk about it. Uh, and then we're going to be going, having a little bit of a chat, as we often do. This time it's going to be about multiverses, and in particular, comic book multiverses, because both DC and Marvel have got films coming out which are delving into the multiverse. And for those of you who don't read the comics but do watch comic book things, you will know a bit about this if you're fans of the CWs Arrowverse, because they had a big multiverse crossover and what have you. And then in the post-credit episode, it's going to be our last films, last five films we watched and our recommendations. Yeah, and, and in the description of this, this episode, Phil, I decided to call our segment Multiverses and More Multiverses because I thought that seemed to have kind of a nice ring to it. So Multiverse hopefully, we won't, uh, hopefully yeah. we won't lose too many people when we start talking about multiverses. But I, I think <laughs> we'll break it down and make it simple for people. But first, before we do that, we got to go after the ending of 1985's classic, cult classic, if you will, The Last Dragon. Um, so... This is one of those movies, I think I'm going to, let me preface it this way. I think by saying that, uh, I'm sure there are some people out there who are like The Last Dragon. I've never seen that movie. I've never even heard of that movie. But I yeah. bet you probably have. It's one of those films that like you probably saw it on TV or rented it on video, you know, or if you're, if you're like us, the real film buffs, it's probably one you've seen 20 times because it is a cult classic. But if you're one of those people who's like, I never heard of The Last Dragon, eh, maybe do a quick Google search because I bet you're going to go, wait a minute. That looks kind of familiar, right? It's been around for a long time. Yeah, it's one of those films which I I didn't think I'd seen. And then we got, you mentioned it in an episode ages and ages ago. And then I eventually got down, sat and watched it. And I realized I'd seen bits and pieces of it through the years mm. and trailers for it and clips on YouTube and what have you. But I sat down and watched it, really enjoyed it. It's cheesy as all hell, especially because it's from yeah. the 80s. But yeah. it's a lot of fun. Uh, you, and also after watching it, I realized it being referenced in lots of other things. But it's, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's fun, but it's 1985, so... It's very 1985. Yeah, yeah very, very 1985. But it you is know, good I, fun. 
I never watched this movie in its entirety um, uh, growing up. I'm, I, it's not one of the ones that I, I really watched much as a kid. I think I saw bits and pieces of it. I never saw it until I was an adult. Um, and I think, or maybe I was like a teenager. I think one of my friends, one of my best friends was like a huge fan of the movie growing up. And I think when we were probably like in our early 20s, he was like, you've never seen The Last Dragon? And I was like, no. And he's like, we got to watch it. And so we sat down and I think a bunch of friends got together and we watched it and, and just had a blast with it. And um, I've watched it. I watched it every couple of years, and I actually just saw. It, I just watched it again not that long ago, and I'm I'm constantly amazed at how well it holds up. And by how well it holds up, I don't mean that like it holds up well. If, if that makes no, sense. No, yeah, yeah. In that, like, it is cheesy. It's very '80s. The fashion, the music, the special effects, everything. But every time I watch it, I think this is going to be the time where I'm going to go. Oh, this movie is so bad. It's kind of painful. Why do I like this movie? But I don't, it's really fun and energetic and, and just silly and awesome. And every time I watch it, I get a big smile on my face and that never changes. So, uh, I think you explained, it's one of those films where it's perfect, where it's happened with lots of different movies as well, where a friend goes, Hey, have you seen this film? And you go, no. And you put it on, usually, especially when you're old enough to, when you've got a beer or two and you go, and what is this? And it starts off and you get that sinking feeling. You're going, oh, no, this is going to be bad. They really like it, though. What do I do? But right. then you're suddenly going, oh, no, this is actually really good. Oh, that's funny. This is cheesy. What am I doing? Oh, no, this is brilliant. Yay. Yeah. You film it. But it's this. I, look, I like those moments when you discover a new a new old film. Like right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you've never seen The Last Dragon, I highly recommend it but just go into it knowing what you're getting. You kind of have to, you can't watch it as like a serious movie. You have to watch it as just like, I'm going to have fun with this and it's going to be ridiculous and that's okay. And if you go into that mindset, I think you'll really enjoy it. But if you have seen it and you know what it's all about, then hopefully you're excited to hear what we've come up with for our, for our endings. Yeah. And if you have seen it as well, if you're watching this live on Facebook, uh, yeah, Facebook live, I'll repeat that again. Uh, if you, you can comment, uh, on this video now and let us know what you think about the last dragon have you seen it haven't you what do you like about it but uh be we're now going to go fully glow up and uh right. go after the end of it all right well let me give the quick synopsis phil for people who need a refresher on it because i yeah. probably i did a little bit even though i'd seen it not that long ago uh the last dragon from 1985 starring two actors with only one name each timok and vanity um, you've, a lot of you might remember Vanity from the 80s. Probably nobody remembers Timok unless you're a fan of, of this movie. We did um, meet him. We, we met him. Story. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. A couple years back, Phil and I got to meet Timok. I took my picture with him. If I can find it, I'll, uh, we'll post it on the socials. Uh, he's a very nice guy and, and very he was, energetic. Was really nice guy. Yeah. Uh, so, so the basic story is there's a martial artist named Leroy Green, also known as Bruce Leroy. A lot of Bruce Lee influences on this film. He's reached the final level of martial arts enlightenment, known as the Last Dragon, which means he has the power to unleash the glow. But there's a bad guy named Shonuff, which should tell you something about the kind of movie we're watching here, because it's silly. Uh, and he mm -hmm. wants to stop Leroy. And so he has his gang wreak all kinds of havoc all over the place. Uh, Leroy gets involved with a TV personality named Laura Charles. She's like a VJ uh, from back in the MTV days. He saves her, then he loses her, then he saves her again. And then a whole lot of fighting happens. And then basically Leroy discovers he had the glow inside him all along. And he literally glows. It's awesome. And he mm -hmm. finally beats Shonuff. What's that? There's lots of this as well. Just before the big fight, he's getting ready and glowing. Oh, yeah. I love that stuff. Absolutely. Uh, he, he beats Shonuff in the big showdown, and he gets the girl in the end. That pretty much cover it, Phil? Pretty much. Pretty much. But it's uh, it's, it's one of those 
late night movie experiences you should try yeah. out. Yeah, much better much later at night. Like the later you watch it, the better the movie. <laughs> <is>. So, <laughs> all right. Um, do you want to start? You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, well, you did the intro. I'll go first, and then we'll come back to you. Sounds good. Take it away. Okay. Well, uh, after the events of the film, Shonuff is arrested and spends his time in prison. Well, we see him training and counting the days until his release. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, meanwhile, Leroy Green, now a true master of the martial arts, he finds peace and realizes that uh, he should spread the word, the message of what he has learned. So he opens up a dojo and begins teaching uh, lessons to all those who, who want the lessons. He also makes sure he includes free spaces for children in the neighborhood who do not have enough money to pay for lessons because mm. he's a nice guy. Yeah. He also gets somewhere with Laura and the relationship builds. Uh, but every now and again, somebody pesters Leroy to show off the glow, but he always states a true master would not need to use the glow. And so he keeps it down low and really doesn't, he never, he never really uses the glow again. Well, mm -hmm. well not that much, but Laura ends up beginning a news, uh, beginning a news career after an interview she gave after the fight in the seventh heaven nightclub at the end of the film, uh, it sort of goes viral before things could go viral, but it was all over the place. And I sort of forgot the whole terminology because old. Uh, but years pass, and eventually Shonoff is released from prison. Dun, dun, dun. Leroy hears the news, and people in the neighborhood tell him to be ready for a rematch because Shonoff is bound to want revenge. Leroy simply nods and brews some tea. Laura worries for him, but trusts his instincts. Shonoff's former gang members wait outside Leroy's dojo, and the clock ticks onwards. And then Shonoff is there. He walks down the street, nodding at those he recognizes. And those people who are scared of Shonoff are still scared of him. But watching through the windows, the spectators see Shonoff approach. And Leroy nods and smiles at Shonoff and lets him into the dojo. The door closes. And the people outside push through so they can look through the window. And they prepare to watch what promises to be an epic battle. But Shonoff just simply bows to Leroy and then speaks. I'm sorry for what I did, says Shonoff. Could you teach me and help me find peace? Leroy smiles, nods his head, and says, let's begin. Awesome. And that's my ending. I like it. I like it. Shonoff has matured and grown in his time in prison. Yes. yes. Excellent. Yes. Interesting. I went a very different direction, but there was one sort of similarity in yours to mine that I think is kind of interesting because it's sort of the, the bigger part of mine. So it'll be, it'll be fun to see how we sort of had a little oh, similarity. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hit me with I, it. I tried to go with something kind of serious and I really couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> I was drawing a blank. So mine's well, a little I, I was going to go. I was trying to go. I was thinking about going silly. Uh -huh. And then I thought, I can't be as silly as the film. So, uh, <laughs> True. That's a good point. Um, well, mine is, is, I don't know if it's as silly as the film, but it's definitely not a, 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 as serious as it could be. But here we go. Uh, so with the dispatching of show enough, things settle down in the city. Leroy and Laura begin dating. And one day while she's on air, Leroy stops by the studio to meet her for lunch. While she's filming live, one of the new employees of the studio recognizes Leroy as the man who brought down show enough. And it turns out he's a former disciple of show enough who's still loyal to the evil Shogun. So he attacked Leroy. They have a huge fight that bursts into the TV studio. And they end up fighting on the television stage that Laura has now quickly evacuated. But the fight is going out live on national television. Now, Leroy doesn't need the glow to beat this lowly peon, but his martial arts wizardry wows the nation at home. Almost instantly, the switchboards light up and people go crazy for this kind of new, like, raw, unscripted television. So Laura gets an idea. 
goes on TV the next day and asks people to send in any footage they might have of anything cool or crazy happening, like like <laughs> martial arts fights breaking out or men being hit in the testicles with baseball bats, you know, things like that. No, no, no. <laughs> Before they know it, Laura and Leroy have basically invented reality television. Oh, Their new show, oh no. Yeah, their new show called America's Funkiest Home Videos uh, becomes a massive rating hit, stays on the air for like the next several decades, and Leroy <laughs> and Laura live a life of luxury on the profits they make from it. And that is my after the ending. Excellent. Yes, that, <laughs> that fits in with the aesthetic, yeah. Yeah, I like but, I, but see, you mentioned how they went viral before going viral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole, the whole idea of mine, so I kind of like that, that little tie-in there. Oh, fun. excellent. Yeah, very good, very good. I like it. Thank you, thank you. All right, so there you go. So there's a couple of different endings for 1985's The Last Dragon. Um, like we said, it's it's an experience. It's a film you kind of have to see. Uh, just go into it knowing what you're going to get out of it, and I think you can you can enjoy it quite a bit. And hopefully you enjoyed our endings, so let us know either in the comments or on the various platforms you watch the show or listen to the show uh, what you thought and what you might think might happen after the ending. Yes, yes. We always love to hear from you, so comments away whether you're watching it live or after the fact. Excellent. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our after the ending section of the episode. So, Phil, uh, why don't you cue us off here a little bit? Because we're talking about multiverses, right? Why don't you? Why don't you yeah, well, for those of you who uh, do like the superhero films and TV shows now on, on Disney Plus in particular, uh, I have already mentioned the CW had a multiverse, but Loki recently got the multiverse kick-started in a big way at the end of that. We saw the sacred timeline splintered and lots of various things going all different ways, which means the multiverse in Marvel is uh, in full effect. Um, we know this also because Doctor Strange 2 is called Doctor Strange in the in the Multiverse of Madness, forgot that, and also Spider-Man Far From Home is also dealing with the multiverse, and it's not really a spoiler because the trailer's been out for a while now, but it involves Alfred Molina's uh, Dr. Octopus and Willem Dafoe's uh, Green Goblin from the Tobey Maguire uh, Spider-Man movies are coming into the Tom Holland Spider-Man universe, the MCU. So it's basically different universes, different versions. It's an excuse for different versions of the characters we know, like, and love or dislike, all coming in and being a big melting pot. And on DC and Warner Brothers, they've got the Flash movie, which is riffing on the Flashpoint storyline, which means we're going to be seeing... Ben Affleck's Batman's going to be in it, but also Michael Keaton's back as Batman. And a new Supergirl is going to be within that and possibly lots of other bits and pieces. There's lots of other rumors and things like that. But we just thought we'd discuss the multiverse, and in particular the comic book multiverses, because they've been around for a long, long time, because I think DC had one back... Well, they had the, the rumblings of one of the beginnings in a rough way back in the 40s, so it's been around a long time. Mm -hmm. But we thought it was a good point now to bring it up because it's going to be hitting cinemas in a big way. And also maybe talking about like why are both Marvel and DC delving into the multiverses at the same yeah. time, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, you know, that type of stuff. So, um, well, do you have any initial thoughts, Phil? What's your, well, what's your kind of broad takeaway? I always quite like a multiverse, usually in passing. Uh, you know, I like it when, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a good way of finding... Uh, well, I suppose the What If cartoon as well on on, on yeah. Plus as well as dealing with multiverses as well because yeah. it gives us it gives the creators and writers a chance to show basically what if you know 
what if this person went bad? What if it was a, a different person? Or what if the spider bit somebody else? Things like that. I, I always love those like, flights of fancy. It's a bit like what we do with After the Ending, but even that's a bit more stylized. But me and Mike create multiverses every single episode with R2. Our two versions, but I, I always like that. The you know, it's taking something we know and like, and then just giving it a twist and thinking about, oh, but what would happen if this did happen, or or they had a difference, you know, if if it wasn't Martha and and John, Martha yeah. and Thomas Wayne who got killed in the alleyway, things like that. I, I I just I really like those flights of fancy. What about you? You know, I I, I mean, I feel the same way. I really like the multi diverse stories they are they're they're endless right you can do them they've, they've done a million of them you know what if uh you know what if like you said what if superman landed in russia you know what if uh, uh somebody else got bitten by the radioactive spider you know uh, all these types of things and and i think they're a lot of fun i think um for me what i what i find i don't know if i want to say questionable but interesting is like if you look at the films that have been made so far they've really only scratched the surface of available storylines from the comics right it's yeah, like they're yeah. really hurting for comic storylines yet. So the idea that now Marvel Marvel's really doubling down on the multiverses, you know, between Loki, um, you know, what if, the Spider-Man, you know, Doctor Strange, like they're really going all in on this concept. And that's, that's I think it's going to be really cool and really fun. Um, but it does sort of seem like, boy, are you already out of story ideas? I mean, there's a million comics to choose from. Why do we have to start going with all these what ifs all of a sudden before we even get to the 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 real things, you know, it's like, well, what if this happened? I'm like, well, I don't know. Did that happen? Like, I haven't seen that yet, you know? Um, so that's my only kind of thought was like, boy, they sort of jumped into that, I guess, relatively early. Um, yeah, but, well, you know, my, I my thinking, my thinking for the two, both Marvel and, and DC, I think there's different reasons why they're doing it cinematically. I think mm -hmm. DC are doing it because, because of the mess they've, they've got themselves in, and also the money. Both both sides going to be money, but the DC, I think, and Warner Brothers, it's the mess they've made with like the Snyderverse and all this stuff. And it was all going to be linked originally, but it, it just became a mess. And then we have the Joker movie, which was connected or wasn't connected. Mm -hmm. And I think as it's gone on, they've just gone, oh, well, let's just, DC has the multiverse, so let's do that because then we can just make these standalone films or what have you. And it doesn't matter if there's no connecting tissue between them all. And then somewhere down the line, we can maybe bring them all together. Multiverse. And I think uh, Marvel are doing it also. Well, because they Marvel planned things out a little bit better, or a lot better than lots of other things, but yeah. multi, uh, they might be doing a multiverse for the story aspect, but maybe also so they can not quite, not recast, but basically recast by bringing different versions of established characters we've already got, but doing it in a, in a way which fits in with the universe they've set up. Right, so maybe right, have because right. I know we're going to have different versions like Ironheart. Yeah, she, she, I mean, she's not Iron Man; she's not a Tony Stark. But that that could be one way. But we might see. I'm personally hoping we get to see at some point just a, a glimpse of Tom Cruise as Tony Stark because that was always going to be one of the casting things like that. But I think right. yeah, Marvel Marvel at the casting reason somewhere down the line maybe for characters and DC. It's just to go. Let's try and make sense of this multiverse. Yeah, That's yeah. It. yeah. yeah. Um, here's a, a real quick aside, though, for, for viewers and listeners, a fun drinking game. Take a shot every time we say the word multiverse. Yeah, yeah. Just kidding. Don't do that. You'll die. Yes. Um, but um, I, I think that's a good point, Phil. And I think DC especially, I, I you know, from what I know, they're pretty tight-lipped about a lot of the stuff. But from some of the rumblings that I've heard, I do feel like they are sort of using this Flashpoint movie 
with the multiverse is to sort of, like you said, sort of reset the DC universe a little bit um, to sort of clean up their own mess that they've sort of created already where they yeah, have, right. you know, you've got Jared Leto's Joker and then you've got all these other joke, you know, the, I mean, we've had the Heath Ledger Joker and it's like, which movies take, you know, Batman with Christian Bale and Batman and the Snyderverse and I was like, where does it all begin, right? So I think Flashpoint, from what I've heard, they may be using to sort of streamline the universe and reset sort of their moving forward yeah, yeah. point. Um, uh, so that I think is interesting. And, and for those of you who aren't familiar with the comics, Flashpoint is actually a really great story where uh, the Flash goes back in time to try to prevent the murder of his mother. But of course, in doing so, there's like a butterfly effect and he changes all of the future. Um, and so all these heroes turn out differently. And like Thomas Wayne is still alive and he, he's Batman instead of Bruce Wayne uh, and all this stuff. And it was a really great comic story. And so I'm excited to see what they do with it in the the film. I mean, it's DC, so I'm I'm a little... Yeah. enthusiasm, but I'm hopeful that they'll do a good job with it. Um, but I do think that they are using it, like you said, as sort of to kind of just like say, all right, this from now on, everything, however this movie ends, is going to kind of be the the moving forward point. We're going to branch out from there, and this will be the sort of status quo for all of these heroes, you know. Whereas with Marvel, I think it is more of a, you know, they're going to use it to just as a fun diversion and be like, yeah, let's let's put Peter Parker in a couple different multiverse worlds. Why not? It'll be cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's. I mean, it's maybe the multiverse as well. We're going to in Marvel. They're going to stick with characters who are more suited for, like Doctor Strange. Right. And we've already had Spider Man into the Spider Verse anyway. So yeah, that was yeah. another setup for a multiverse. Well, yeah. Marvel really is like digging in on this multiverse concept. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Spider Man into the Spider Verse is a is a multiverse movie, right? So they're really. I wonder if they're doing it so much to just make sure that everybody sort of gets the concept of multiverses, so that anytime they want to make a movie in the future, if it doesn't fit in with continuity exactly, or if they want to even just be like, yeah, remember those other X Men movies? Yeah, multiverse. It could be, it could be, and I think again, mentioning the X Men, it could be a way of Marvel bringing in the X Men. Right. Right. Uh, because maybe not, it could explain that the films that, that we've already had, it could also explain that because they've been part of a multiverse, but then we could maybe have some multiverse shenanigans bring in yet another alternate version. It also right. means somewhere down the line, even though we keep saying he never will, we could always get Hugh Jackman back as right. an old man Logan, but not old the, Logan, from the yeah. Logan film, but a different one. And, yes. also, and also a reason of bringing in Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool into the MCU right. proper as right. well, I think. right. It's interesting because, like, like so, for example, the, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, which is phenomenal, and I love the trailer. Yeah, yeah. You know, they show Dr. Octopus from the Tobey Maguire films. You know, they hint at the Green Goblin with the Green Goblin bomb. We don't see the Green Goblin, but it's, you know, it's hinted at. But here's the thing. Marvel never shows you all their best stuff in the trailer, right? Yeah, that's So like, that makes me go, like, well, if they're showing that stuff in the trailer, what's the stuff we're not seeing yet? You know, so I, I have to wonder if, like, in Spider-Man or Doctor Strange, we're going to get like some X-Men cameos or Fantastic Four cameos, something like that out of nowhere that we're going to, everyone's just going to completely lose their minds over. You know, it wouldn't surprise me at all because what better way to sort of introduce these characters, you know, like soft introduce them than yeah. with like multiverse type of story, you know? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if we see in either the Spider-Man film or Doctor Strange, whether we see uh, Chris Evans back as Captain America and yeah. Chris yeah, Evans as Thor with different versions. I, I think we'll see uh, Chris Evans is a uh, Captain Hydra. Oh, um, yeah. He was called in the comic book where it turned out he was a Hydra agent. Uh, and I also think the What If ca uh, cartoon, I, th I, I think that's building up to, I think the last episode, the last two are going to be some of the heroes we've seen introduced in each episode. I think the watch is going to get them together for a multi, a multiverse threat.
Mm. I, that's what I think. So I, we could also see in one of those films, uh, Haley Atwell as as Captain Carter. Right, I, right. I, I could easily see that happening. Yeah, yeah. But I, sure. I'm DC. I am. I am looking forward to seeing Michael Keaton as Batman again. Now, I, that's the thing I'm the most excited about the Flashpoint movie is him showing up as like the old grizzly, grizzly, grizzled Batman. Um, just because. A, I mean, just cool, right? Because he was the first Batman. But B, like Michael Keaton is one of my favorite actors. He's so good in everything. And I just love the idea of him coming back to Batman. And and because he's so great now as an actor, I think he'll really just give the part something just incredible. And, you know, I just love the fact that he's not like too good to come back to his yeah, yeah. his big star making. You know, I mean, he was, he was you know, a, a successful comedic actor before Batman, but Batman really turned him into a household name. Um, you know, so I like the fact that he's not, he's not one of these actors who's like, no, 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 I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm, a, I'm older and I'm not going to dress up as Batman anymore. Like, he's like, yeah, it's, you know, I'm sure he's not doing it for a whole new series of films necessarily, but for a one shot in this really cool idea of like different Batmans from different, you know, universes, different time zones, whatever, like, good for him. I think that's awesome that he's, you know. He's showing back up to kind oh, yeah. of yeah. do his yeah. thing, you know. I, I yeah, it's, I think it's going to be fun. And to be honest, I think that's going to be the main draw for many people for the the Flash movie. Sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because who's going to see Michael Keaton as Batman again and not be like, "Holy crap, that takes me back yeah. to my childhood or my teenage years or whatever," you know? Uh, and and I, be I, I'm, it'd be nice as well. I'd love to see. Uh, I don't. I can't see it happening though. But uh, it'd be great to see Wesley Snipes back as Blade. Just as oh well. yeah. That would be cool. Happen. But I can't, I can't see that happening after what happened with uh, Blade Three. But uh, I don't know. I mean, because Blade Three didn't do that well. You mean? Well, no, just because I think there was lots of uh, lots of friction between Wesley Snipes and the director and things wow. like that. But different directors, yeah. and also if you throw enough money at things. It's, well, yeah. let's and let's be honest. Wesley Snipes' career these days. I'm not being rude. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I like Wesley Snipes quite a bit, but you know he has sort of become one of those like movie actors who shows up mostly in B movies nowadays, as opposed to like being a leading man or anything like that anymore. So, you know, the chance to start in a Marvel movie and become yeah. part of the MCU official, I, I think he might jump at that no matter how bad the blood was 20 it's years ago. But, you true, know, yeah, yeah. I think now he'd be like, sure thing, sign me up, you know, <laughs> he does get expendables when they, when they brought him into that franchise, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. But there's there's also other things like the Captain Britain in the comic books. There was also there was the Captain Britain Corps, which was the multiverse of the different Captain Britons would meet up and have these kind of things. And often meant in, in lots of them being massacred by, by the villain of the whatever comic storyline right. was going on. But it was uh, always good to see. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it's, uh, there's there's lots of potential. I do like a good multiverse. Uh, and it's although there was one thing in the comics, DC, they had so many problems with the multiverse in the comic books that it's or so many different stories all over the place. They didn't know what was going on. They basically decided the, to just wipe out and condense to like one universe, like the sacred timeline did in, in the, the Marvel TV series. But they had the crisis on Infinite Earths, which saw various characters get killed. So uh, fans loved and hated it in equal measure. It was a good storyline. Yeah. Uh, and it's done pretty well. And CW did riff on that in their one of their big crossovers. But that's what happens though if the multiverse gets out of control. You want you need now, to back a bit. Yeah, a few months back, when at the end of their death metal miniseries, they basically reversed all of that and said, Well, now everything's valid. All the universes are valid. Every story is a real story and a fake story at the same time. And now it doesn't matter. So we can have two Wonder Romans and we have like four Batmans and all this stuff. That's what's happening in the DC comics now. They decided everything was canon. So 
Yeah. Until the they decide to go back again. Yeah, right. Until they have another crisis on infinite, infinite Earths, you know. Yeah. Uh, crisis on even more infinite Earths, even though you can't have more than infinite. But, you know. That's oh, what crikey, not another crisis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> crisis on infinite Earths 2, electric boogaloo. <laughs> uh, I think that's where we're headed, maybe. But, yeah, so... All right. Well, there you go. So some good multiverse talk. I hope nobody was actually doing our multiverse drinking game because that sounds dangerous. But uh, yeah, yeah, it should be interesting at the very least to see where all this stuff goes. Yeah. Let us know what uh, characters you'd like to see in a multiverse or elsewhere scenario, which actors you'd love to see show up in a Marvel or DC film as one of these superheroes or villains, ones we've seen before or could be new ones. Or I'd be good to see because uh, uh, Tom Hiddleston, he auditioned to play Thor originally. Mm, right. It'd be, it'd be good if he just popped in as an actual Thor or Chris Hemsworth yeah. or Loki. That'd be that'd be a cool little thing. Yeah. 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 But there's lots of different yeah. scenarios. Just let us know yours, be as imaginative as you want. And you know, if it shows up, you know, kudos to you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, very good. So I think that's gonna wrap us up then for today. But if you are watching live, don't worry, we'll be back in just a few minutes. We're gonna end this episode and come back with a brand new one. Uh, and if you are listening or watching after the fact, then we'll have another episode for you next week. So uh, stay tuned in all your various forms and formats. So we'll be back real soon. Uh, but for now, that's gonna finish us up. So uh, we'll just say thank you very much for listening. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next week. After the ending.